Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. It was the year that King Uzziah died. I want to say it again. It was in the year that King Uzziah died. He was a king, a godly, influential king. And exactly why the prophet Isaiah saw his death as the worst of times. Or at least it felt that way. We've all been there, people. We could number a lot of moments in history where it just felt like everything was gone. All of our hopes had vanished. I've seen it in a public sector and I've seen it in a personal one when I've been at a funeral and someone dearly loved is gone and it just seems like hope is gone. And I want you to hear these words The prophet said it was in the year that King Uzziah died. Here's what he said, that I saw the Lord. As I just said, it was in a moment when everything was taken, when the world that we knew it had changed. Whether you want to cite a few decades ago with 9-11 or just currently with this thing called covid And we react to those moments and we miss the bigger picture because we're not thinking kingdom minded. We like to explain everything or at least we want God to explain it in such a way, but we miss something in a moment that maybe those moments was God's greatest gift because he's been trying to get your attention and he seemed to not be able to get it when everything was going well. God does not live in the moment in which we live, people. He doesn't live to serve you and give you what you want so you can describe what joy in heaven and happiness is. And yet that's what we do as Christians. It was the year that King Uzziah died. I felt that all hope was gone. But it was in that moment, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And then he describes it. I didn't just see him. I just didn't. I encountered him. What we preached three weeks ago. He was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim. Each having six wings. Picture what he saw. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they flew. And they were calling out to each other. In my moment, when I thought hope was gone, they're calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I'm not asking for a response. I'm just saying when you saw that day of 9-11 for some of you were born, was your first thought, glory, glory, glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. I'm not saying being disrespectful for the lives that were lost. 
When that moment that you describe in your mind, in your head, that painful, deep moment. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Their voices, Isaiah said, in this moment when I saw the Lord, it shook the temple to its foundation. And the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I, Isaiah, said to myself, it's all over. I'm doomed. For I'm a sinful man. That's the right response, folks. That's the right response. Yet, I saw the king. I saw the Lord. I encountered the heaven, heavenly armies. Then I heard the Lord speak to me. Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah blurted out, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. In a moment, one moment, Isaiah's life was changed forever. He was never the same. Never. It squashed him. It squeezed him. He literally said, I am doomed. It's over. It's done. Everything about him had changed. But it was in that moment that was so significant because finally and fully he had emptied himself. He realized my humanity. He realized his limitations and now he was suitable for God to use him. When you come to the end of yourself, it's there that you encounter and fully understand who God is. And that's why when God said, who can I send? He blurted out, he didn't hesitate, send me, send me. He didn't sit around and go, yeah, but I'm not, I don't sing like Josh. I can't play the piano or the, I can't preach like Reed. I, I don't have, I can't, I'm not, I'm this. You know what God's going, I know all that. I did that on purpose. When are you finally going to understand you can't do anything apart from me, but in me, you can do all things. That's the point. We keep making ourselves the center of the gospel. Look what so-and-so did to me. God goes, okay, but look what you did to my son. But you don't know where I don't. And he goes, ah, he's put I in the middle of everything and he's going to get to the end of yourself and watch what I can do through you. Watch what I want to do through you. See, this is the hope as we wrap up this series that we would be like Isaiah that we'd get squashed, that we get squeezed and finally get to the end of ourselves and quit pointing out and quit blaming and quit thinking and all of that stuff and let's get about the Father's business. I've been around 57 years, grew up in the church and it's amazing to me that God's people fight. That's a good use of time. I'm sure God's proud of it. Wow, do you know what they said? Can you believe that? Can you believe it? God's like, oh, I know. I just know. You're so right. I mean, 
You just think about that. While people are dying, going to hell, we love Jesus and we're fighting. Someone explain that to me. That sounds like the love of Jesus. We need to get to an end of ourselves and understand the kingdom life. We're missing something. We're exhausting and we're talking about all the wrong things. Week one, we talked about precisely what Isaiah, what Isaiah experienced. He encountered the Lord. He encountered the Lord. And there's nothing more important than that. But it's not an encounter. I love when Reed said this. It's not something I encountered 40, 50 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. And yet so many people keep talking about that day. And there's a part of me going, listen, your God is only as fresh. Your relationship with God is only as deep as the closest encounter you've had with him. I don't want to keep talking about something that happened. And and I'll share stories But I don't want to talk about something God did last month when he's the same God wanting to do something right now. I want my counters to be fresh because he's fresh. He says that every day. God's doing something to help us see who he is, to experience who he is, and that it would change who we are. And then week two, I talked about our need to grow, that we want to be challenged. People who avoid growth are nothing more but an atrophy, an atrophy of their faith. You know what I'm saying about that? A muscle left unattended to atrophies. It gets weak. And that in the church is happening. I think there's too many Christian atrophies. I read the Bible because I want to grow. I eat food for the same reason. I breathe air for the same reason. As it is in your marriage, if you don't spend time together, you ain't got no marriage. And eventually Satan's going to get in because he realizes that's not important. He's going to make sure you get your eyes out here to see something else that might be. That happens all the time. It happens in friendships. I love you. I love you. Moment you disagree. I don't like them anymore. I unfriend them. Who does that? That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. Why? Because your enemies are probably the best gift I've ever given you. Do you not understand that? Iron sharpens iron. Crawl up on the anvil and let God start beating on you a little bit. Because he's forming an incredible two-edged sword. To be a soldier of which we're called to be about the work of the ministry. We're doing a whole series on marriage to talk about. Has anybody figured out that God loves to put opposites in the same house? Quit pushing against it and start receiving it. Quit trying to change your spouse, which is a complete lie about who you are in the first place. Because the reason you fell in love with her, the reason you fell in love with him, is that difference. Did you know that? That's the very reason you did. And then you get married, then you try to change it. And that stuff happens all the time. We want to help you with that. This next series is going to be so good about forming relationships. By the way, if you're not married, don't say, well, how come you never do one for me? This whole series is for you. Because you've missed the most inclusive relationship that you have. If I was unmarried, I'm coming. You know why? Because I am married to him. And all the principles are biblical and it'll help me grow my relationship with him. Which is more important because if he's not in the center of your marriage, you don't have a marriage. You just have a piece of paper that says you are. 
Marriage is not a man thing, it's a God thing. And so most importantly, this is most important for Kay and I to be what God wants it to be because he's the one that brought us together and he's the one that put us together and he's the one that wants us to grow us and experience together. Come on, amen to that? Repeat after me. Winners do daily what others do occasionally. Week three, Reed talked about being equipped to serve. Last week, I thought he killed it. I mean, he backstage came up to me and says, so how, how was it? And I says, dear Lord, <laughs> you, you, that was unbelievable. Joking around all the time when we say stuff, we'll look at So if you ever overhear me say it, I looked at him and said, dear Lord, I almost got saved. You know what I mean? It was, we, we just joke around. Point was God really spoke last week. If you don't think so, your wood is wet. I mean, that's all I can say. It was incredible. God really showed up. I felt the spirit speaking to me. And I'll remind you what he said. A non-serving Christian is an oxymoron. For there are no spectators in God's kingdom. And Reed literally said it. If you're spectating, it's probably because you've heard about him. You haven't really encountered him yet. Because that's impossible. And I can show you that in scripture. And that's why I love, man, you can work in our children. We want you to tend and serve one. Don't make church like, well, God's lucky to have an hour. Are you kidding me? You don't know him. You want to spend an hour with God? And yet many of us today will spend hours watching football games that don't matter. I've heard people go, oh, I hope the Chiefs get the Super Bowl. You said that last year and they didn't get there. You know, I mean, and you don't talk about it still. Who cares when it's all done? I'm going to watch. I'm cheering the Chiefs on. Honestly, I don't know if they can win. And some of you are going, oh, oh, dear Lord. Oh, can we just pray for them right now? Anyway, I mean, <laughs> folks, it's, 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 I'm going to watch, cheer, but I'm going to, you know what I'm really excited about? I'm hanging out with friends. And I promise you, we'll probably talk more than we watch the game. And this will happen because it happens every time. We'll probably look at you and go, what happened? Because you know? we're going to miss it. Because it's just fun hanging out. That's, that's the fellowship is the joy. And I promise you this, and the grandkids are there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a fun. We, I win. Okay, so I, I just, it's so cool. You need to get involved. If we're going to experience a Jew, Jesus revolution, don't wait for it. Get involved. So God can create it through us. Today, I want to talk about being empowered by God. I want to talk about being empowered by God. If you've ever been to my classes and you need to come to those, read, and they're just amazing, Shelly, because we're serious about this stuff of really helping you learn the word of God. I'm going to show you something I think is so important. And I'm just going to put it down here right now. I usually write real sloppy. That way you can never know if I misspelled it. Um, I'll just write there. If you want to put that on your paper, we'll come back to that in just a moment. But I want to talk about being empowered by God. And folks, you need to listen. The reason why I say it's so important to be empowered by God, because you and I don't have within us what it takes to live out what God has. We need something bigger. Now listen to this very carefully. Story has it that one day a lion decided to make sure that all the other animals knew he was king of the jungle. So he went to the gazelle and roared, who is king of the jungle? The trembling gazelle answered, why, why, why you are mighty lion. He then went to the zebra and roared, who is king of the jungle? Fearful, the zebra answered, why, why you are mighty lion. And he went to the monkey and roared, who is king of the jungle? 
Startled, the monkey answered, why, 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 you are almighty king. Finally, full of himself, he went to the elephant and roared, who is king of the jungle? The elephant reached out, grabbed him with his trunk and body slammed him to the ground again and again and again. <laughs> Stunned, the beaten and battered lion got to his feet and said to the elephant, my goodness, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean you have to take it so personally. <laughs> now, I say that because I think a lot of people think power is interpreted as the lion. It's to intimidate, it's to control, it's to be heard. And yet I want you to listen to the words of Lloyd Ogilvie. The power of Pentecost was for people. What happened at Pentecost was for the paralysis of the world. Pentecost, when the believers came together, as Jesus said, at Pentecost, when the believers were together, as Jesus said, and as they were praying, seeking the kingdom of God, power fell. And Lloyd Ogilvie says, it was to paralyze or paralyze the world. See, the Holy Spirit, Christ in the present tense, is for the healing of people in the present age. In other words, the power at Pentecost then is just as true now. The excitement, enthusiasm of the infilling of the Holy Spirit was to create a people, watch this, was to create a people, us, through whom the Lord could continue his ministry of restoration and healing. Jesus said, it's best I go away. I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit so you can do greater things than I. That's what Jesus said. Think about that. Think about what you're reading the Gospels. Would you say in your life right now, the things that you're about of is greater than what Jesus did back then? Jesus said it's supposed to be. Greater things you will do. A new age was born. Christ was alive in his people. Now watch this. And they were now equipped to do what Jesus had done and the greater things he promised. And here it is, communicating his love and bringing people to him. That's what the power's for. This is what God's power to be empowered is all about, not for our sake, for the sake of others. Hence why two tickets that you love somebody and bring them to the Jesus revolution. See, we all know there's all kinds of power, right? There's energy power. We don't think about it until it goes out. <laughs> and then we experience it. We're like, oh, crud. Yep, there's power. It's gone. How about nature's power? I remember being in the direct eye of Hurricane Charlie in 2004. Some of you may remember that. have been going to church here. My wife and I were in the middle of it. We were in a shelter of a church basement, and I'm out between the church building and its, and its extracurricular activity building, and I'm filming it. And I, I'm literally watching trees go down the street. Cars getting, it was unbelievable. I'm out there with my camera filming it, filming it. It was crazy power. How about car power or engine power? Ever heard the word Hemi? 
How about physical power? I, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of Louis Sire. Got a picture of him. This dude, watch this. He doesn't look all that big here. He was born in Quebec, and when he was born, his birth weight was 18 pounds. Come on, women. Yeah. Some of you right now going, oh my goodness. You know? Think about that, 18 pounds. This is in the 1800s, late 1800s. Think about that. Mama lived. This kid was big, right? In fact, when he was 17 years old, he was 320 pounds, okay? But he was also strong. He had power. In fact, his first public display of power was during a strongest man competition in 1885. And I have a picture when he lifted a horse completely off the ground. Check this out. So... <laughs> That's power. You thought all of those things that Reed has told you, you have no idea what this man can do. All right. I don't know if it means anything. I picked up a goat once, but, but now listen, why do I show you all that? Listen to this. We don't know power. We don't know power. That's, that's how blinded we are. Everything and anything, you ready for this? That you and I do and accomplish in and of ourselves or even see and we're like, whoa, that dude's got power. It has an expiration date. In other words, whatever you and I think is great, isn't that great. I've, I've said it and you laugh, but I'm just being honest. I remember when Michael Jordan, some young people are like, who's Michael Jordan? You have no idea they're doing that. Because fame comes and fame goes. I had a kid in our youth ministry, literally, I was talking about Michael Jordan. He looked at me and I was talking about basketball and he's like, he, it's like he didn't get it. And I go, do you know what I'm talking about? He goes, the shoe guy? That's what he said. I said, yeah, the shoe guy, like him. You got nice ones. Anyway, and we just moved on. Wasn't worth it. Why? Because they all get replaced. But I remember when Michael Jordan did what no one else did and took off from the free throw line at the dunk contest and dunked it. I remember that. And we all stop and go, wow, he's got hang time. And I've said this and I don't think you get it. That's not hang time. My God jumped up and he hasn't even come down yet. You think God's going, whoa. Think about it. We're more like the Energizer bunny. Remember this little thing? Can we just be honest? We are. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what they never show in the commercial. Because the batteries will run out eventually. Can I tell you something about God? Since the beginning of creation, that man knows it. He hadn't even slowed down yet. That's power. It blows my mind when I hear people say, I'm just afraid I might let them down and stuff like that. Dear Lord, when God said, I'll give you the words, I'll take care of you, Lord, I'm with you. That's power. Folks, there is a power, an absolute authority that we can possess. It's for all who receive him, for all who will just say yes. 
And if we would say yes, unbelievable, unstoppable, unparalleled, unmatched, unlimited, almighty, good golly, all moly, okay? All right, there's power. Come on, there is wonder working in the, of the, all the young people are going, what, what are you doing here? All you old people used to sing it by memory. Come on. There is wonder working in the precious blood of the lamb. Come on, boy, boy, that just now I'm sure God's thrilled with that. There is power, power, wonder working power. Probably like the angels that day. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God all mighty. Who was, who is, I'm sure that's how it went. See what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe without being critical, maybe we sing the way we believe he really is. Do we want that power? If you have your Bibles, and I know you're going, dear Lord, that was a long introduction. Trust me, this will be a short conclusion. Ephesians 3. Here's what it says. And here's what I, I want to read it as Paul's writing in response to what he just heard me set up. Because everything I just share with you is biblical. Paul believed it. And I want you to look what he writes, verse 14, when I think of all of this. When I think of everything... Pastor Keith just said, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will what? Empower you. He will empower you with inner strength of the Holy Spirit, his spirit. Then, someone say then. Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love. Note the engagement of growth and keep you strong. He will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love? May you experience, notice the encounter, the love of Christ Though it's too great to understand fully, how do we explain it? But then you'll be made complete. You'll be made what? Complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now watch this. Now all glory to God who's able through his mighty power at work within us. You'll be able to accomplish infinitely more than you could ever ask or dream or think or imagine. Holy bucket. Someone say that. Did you catch that? God wants to empower you. He wants to empower me. My question is, don't answer. Do you want that power? Because according to what we just read, if you got your notes, fill this in. You don't have to look far. That's the sadness. That's why Jesus said, open your eyes, look around. Folks, just looking at creation itself. Just look at creation itself. It's in the passage. We just read, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the creator of heavens and earth. He's the one that created it. 
This is what the Bible says in Psalm 8. When I look at the heavens and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name. When's the last time you just looked at the heavens? I remember out hunting at winter in South Dakota. And sometimes when you get outside the city, you see things a little bit different. And I remember sitting out there, we're out in the country and we're done hunting for the day and it's black as night as we're driving in town. And the people I were with, they pulled the vehicle over shut the lights off and they said, get out. It's like, wow, it wasn't that bad of a day, you know? And, and we got out and we rested against the hood of the car and just looked up in the darkness and the stars were unlimited. And I cried. Signs tell us that the sun, you know, that big hot thing in the sky, it can burn for another 30 billion years. In fact, did you know this? The sun produces more energy in one second, that one second, than all of the energy that has ever burned since the beginning of history. Genesis 1, it just burned all that energy until now. I mean, just think about that. And you and I, we get a little, if this earth got a little off kilter, We'd burn up or we'd freeze up. And God orchestrates all of that. And you know what he does with the sun? He says, oh, this is cool. Power. That's why Paul writes in Romans 1, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. No wonder it's been said, the whole world is a reminder and everything we see is an item of wisdom, the power and the goodness of our God. When's the last time you noticed that? Psalm 19 says, the heavens tell of his glory. The skies display his marvelous craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Creation itself. I'm like, wow, God, you're good. You're like so good. How about Christ himself? Again, we just read, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down in God's love and keep you strong. And you will have the power to understand. I love that stuff. Jesus was the living example. This is why we, we, we help you read the scriptures. Just watch Jesus's power, people. He calms the Sea of Galilee. The disciples are like, holy buckets, who's this dude? Even the winds obey him. He healed the disease. He gave sight to the blind. How amazing is that? Feeding the 5,000 with two loaves and a handful of fish, bringing Lazarus back from the dead. Dear Lord, bringing himself back from the dead. When's the last time you realized who this Savior really is? No wonder John the Baptist said, after me will come one more powerful than I. I'll baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is why these classes are so important, folks, because when the word goes down, his power comes up. So look at creation. Just look at Jesus himself. But it's the third one I don't want you to miss as I wrap this up. And this is the one that we miss. When's the last time you just looked at you? without being so critical and down in the mouth and in the dumps. 
I'm blown away at this body that science can talk about, but they can't make and never will. I'm so blown about it at the birth of my grandchildren when I hold this and I listen to my girls go, it blows my mind. This used to be in me. Literally stuck under the water for nine months and it breathes. This little coupled cells that come together expand themselves into this. Talk about the artwork and creativity of God. That's what we just read again. Now all glory to him who's able through his mighty power work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. My friends, God created every one of us for a purpose. You ready for this? And he gave us the power to get it done. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Here's my prayer. And I'm reading from Ephesians 1. You don't need to go there. Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his, his rich and glorious inheritance, the only one of his creation. He said, this is really good. This is very good. I pray that you'll understand the incredible power of God's power for us who believe this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. Do you understand that? The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power available to us right now. Because he is far above any ruler. He is above any authority. He is above any other power. He is above any leader. He's above everything. But not only in this world, but also the world to come. Folks, God doesn't want us to hear about his power. He wants us to experience his power. And then we'd live that out in our world. Acts 1 says, in the words of Jesus, for you will receive power. This is what he told the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now watch this. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. You'll have a power. But here's the irony of the story, and I invite the, invite the team to come. Ever's going to play the piano if you'd come. Here's the irony. After Jesus said that, he ascended into heaven. You ready for this? And here's what the disciples did. And the angels, not just one, the angels said, what are you doing? Why are you looking up in heaven? He just told you. And it's amazing. I think there's a lot of people in the church. The word of God is right here and they're going. Or they're doing this. And I wonder if the same thing, God's going, what are you doing? How many generations? What are you doing? You have a family member that doesn't know me. What are you doing? 
You have a friend that doesn't know me. You have a colleague. You have an employer. You have employees. What are you doing? Did he not just say? See, to know is to go, people. Here's how I want to wrap this up. We talked about encountering Jesus. I have to ask, have you really encountered him, really? Or you just been to church and heard about him and think if I'm a member of a church, if I do this or that, then I'm a Christian. It's not a do, it's a who. I didn't invite Jesus in my heart. I gave away my life. I want to know him every day. I want to know him more in every way and all the time. Got up early this morning, going through 1 Samuel and just reading and studying and then spending time in prayer, lifting up family and friends. And there was a moment I just looked out into the darkness and looking at a cold world and all the house lights are off. They haven't gotten up yet. Like, God, I don't want them to wake up and go through another day. What's the point? What's the point? So you sold a house and got a transaction done. Whoopee! For what? What's the point? And I just pray God break my heart for what breaks yours. And I'm reading a book on marriage right now. It's probably the best marriage book I've ever read. I'm not going to tell you or ever read. And, and I'm doing that right now because after 33 years, I think God still has more for Kay and I. See, I want to grow. <laughs> because when you encounter Jesus, you grow. If you're not growing, you didn't encounter Jesus. And if I'm encountered Jesus, then I'm empowered. And that empowerment wants me to grow. Because I'm growing, I'm getting more empowered. And I want to serve because the more I encounter Jesus, the more I realize what Jesus did. Wash feet. I want to wash feet. And the more I wash feet, I'm growing. And if I'm growing, I want to wash feet. And if I'm really encountering Jesus, I'm empowered. I'm empowered to wash feet because that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And if I'm doing all this for all you hunters, now I can hit the target. But if I'm a little off and I'm thinking I'm encountering Jesus, but I'm not growing, I'm going to be a little off. I'm going to miss my target. And if I think that growth is how I encounter Jesus, I'm not getting that because I'm not living in the empowered. My scope's going to be off. But when I'm doing understanding, all of these four things work together. And Jesus said what? Seek. Seek first. The what? Kingdom. Not my kingdom. His kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these things will be taken care of. See, when I'm encountering Jesus, I'm empowered in my marriage. When I'm encountering, I'm growing in my marriage. When I'm growing in my marriage, because I'm encountering Jesus, because he's the one that made it. And because I'm doing all this, I want to serve my wife, not wait for her to serve me. See, that's a quadrilateral that works, people, because it's biblical. October 8th, 9, or 1871, Dwight L. Moody was finishing his Sunday morning sermon when the city fire bell rang. Inquiring, he began to realize that the entire city was burning. 
Moody's first concern was for his family. His second concern was for his congregation. So he quickly finished his sermon that he would speak to his people. And what he wrote was, he said, I want you to evaluate your standing with God and return next week. Little did he know that many would never, many never could. They would die in the worst fire in Chicago's history. That's a great sermon, isn't it? Moody would agonize over this. Wondering whether any of the deceased had died without Jesus. They were in his church week in, week out. And yet he left them to confront their own sin. Broken, changed, squashed, squeezed, wrecked like Isaiah. He vowed to God he would never, ever hold back again. Thus, every time he stood before a crowd, Dwight L. Moody would plead for you to follow Jesus. And that's my plea for you. I don't care about church. I don't care about sermons. I don't care about week in, week out. All of that to me is a fruit. Do you know him? Have you encountered him Seeking him with everything you've got. Watching what he does and growing you and empowering you that you will serve. And as you serve, you'll be growing. And when you're growing, you're being empowered because you're encountering. If that's who we are, people, to me, that's what the Bible very clearly says. That's the kingdom life that God wants us to live out every day. If we'll do that, there'll be less division. There'll be less discouragement. There'll be less doubt. There'll be more joy. And we'll see God do amazing things. You believe that? Let me pray. Father, your word is so good. I'm not. I'm always fearful when I get up here that somehow I'm going to speak in my own flesh. Boy, that would be no good. I'm very aware of my humanity and the fact that I don't always get it right. I'm trying. But God, what does matter is that we're in your house and you're here because no one loves everyone here more than you. And you're never finished. So God, always protect the people from me, but boy, God, whatever it takes, may they hear you. May our world never be the same. As we think about right now, it doesn't matter where we've been. It matters right now where we are and where we want to go. To empty of ourselves and be full of you, to encounter, to grow, to serve, to be empowered to love. All of those things working together, the kingdom life. Seek first the kingdom, all these things, you've got it. You won't fail us, you won't forsake us. And God, as we close and testify that. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. 
God bless.